What is going on, everybody? And welcome to the Built-In Buffalo Network. Happy Sunday to all of you. I'm Dan Kelly, joined by Akeem Richards. Akeem, how are you doing today, buddy? Hey, Rich. Akeem Richards. If you don't know me by now, please get to know me. My brother, Dan Kelly. This, uh, I'm doing well, my friend. And I think this was a long time coming for us to finally get together and 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 do a, a consistent show. I really like our vibe and connection, um, and I'm excited to get this started. Dude, it's great. I've been on your show before. This is a new show going to be dropping each Sunday before the pregame show comes out, before the Bills play, and before your postgame show, of course. But there's news going around the NFL that we need to get to, and we're going to start with the three letters, O-B-J, okay? Mm-hmm. He's having his worst career years thus far. If we go through it, he's got 17 catches for 232 yards, averaging 13.6 Per catch with zero touchdowns, looking for a new team. He chose the L.A. Rams. What do you think of his decision, Akeem? Uh, I think it's a good fit for him. Uh, OBJ, we're talking about a guy who's 29 years old, so he's not the uh, the youngest of receivers now. Uh, over over five years where he had 1,000 receiving yards. Uh, his first year with the Cleveland Browns, he had over 1,000 yards and four TDs, but his last two seasons combined, he had 40 receptions, 552 yards, and three touchdowns. So a change of scenery was definitely needed for Odell, and I really like uh, the Rams selection because they have a quarterback in Matthew Stafford that's playing at an MVP level. And what was the talk with the Cleveland Browns and OBJ? Baker Mayfield can't get OBJ the ball. Baker Mayfield cannot consistently get OBJ the football. And I don't think that will be the talk in L.A. Matthew Stafford is a guy that's more than capable of making all the throws. He has a guy in Cooper Cup that's having a a career year because of the the guy that's throwing him the football. And I think Odell uh, recognizes all of that and wants to rejuvenate his career with a stellar quarterback. And I really like the move in and going to LA. I'm I'm going to disagree with you here because Really? Yeah, because Baker Baker was always talked about as not being able to get Odell the football. Now, mm-hmm. if you remember, the situation with Stefan Diggs in Minnesota was very similar mm-hmm. where he was not happy with what was happening. You know, the ball was going to Thielen or the ball was going to other receivers. So, if Odell wants targets, why would you choose a team like the Rams when they already have Cooper Cup? They already have Robert Woods. You mentioned Cup's having a, a career year. This is this is one of the greatest years by a wide receiver, and it's only halfway through the season. So is he really going to get what he wants? If he wants success on his own, I don't think he chose the right place. If he's looking for team success, I think he's fine. But the better option was definitely the Green Bay Packers, who just have – Devontae Adams, and I think he would have been the number two option. In L.A., he's likely the number three. They said he might play on Monday night. Do you think that's a good idea? Um, you know, if, if, if Sean McVay and that staff feels that he could play, I think Sean McVay has proven all, all over the years that uh, you should trust his process. I'm not a Rams fan, but they do have some success over there, so if they feel that he should play, then, then fine. Uh, he should play. But I also want to give a rebuttal to to what you said as well, if you don't mind, whenever you're ready, bring it on, man. Let's go. Uh, now you you mentioned Stephon Diggs and and Stephon Diggs not being happy before uh, coming to the Buffalo Bills, and that is true. But I think 
Stefan Diggs and OBJ is a tad different. We have to see, like, Stefan Diggs, before coming to Buffalo, he still was a thousand yard receiver back to back years. You know, he it wasn't like he wasn't getting the ball. Uh, he had uh, 63 receptions, 1130 yards before coming to Buffalo. And the year before that, he had 102 receptions, 1021 yards. So it wasn't like he was not getting the ball. I, I just don't think that Stefan Diggs thought that Adam Thielen was a better receiver than him. And I think he took that as such. I think Minnesota looked at Adam Thielen as the number one guy and not Stefan Diggs. And I think Stefan Diggs did take uh, some slight to that. And also, we have to remember, OBJ's from LSU. OBJ's from LSU. Green Bay, it gets really cold. Um, we know. I, I, hey, I, wait, hate, I, I hate that I, argument. I, I hate that I, argument. I know, <laughs> but the reality is players choose all these things in their personal preference when it's time to choose a team. So I think all those things playing in L.A., kind of like that star-studded stadium, we, we kind of see and know OBJ. He likes the attention. He likes to dance. They have a lot of stars over there with Aaron Donald and Jalen uh, Ramsey. And I just think that combination is the reason uh, OBJ was swayed. And I feel that he feels that he can be an integral part to that offense. He's better than Van Jefferson. And in my opinion, uh, Robert Woods is used more like a, a gadget player more than an outside receiver. So I think he will he will have some room to fit over there in L.A. I mean, it's fine that he chose L.A. I just think there were, there were better options. Other options? If, nice. if he's looking if he's looking for just targets. Team mm-hmm. success, you know, he went the right route. And one of the reasons that he went to L.A. was that his girlfriend, who's like an Instagram influencer or whatever, lives out there. So oh, that okay. was apparently one of the huge deals that he wanted to go out there. You mentioned the attention, the, all that stuff. I agree 100%. Did you want him to consider the Buffalo Bills as an option? Uh, so I don't mind talent, right? I don't I don't mind talent. I'm not going to shy away from talent if the talent is available throughout the season. Brandon Bean says he's always looking to upgrade the team. So because when I combine those two theories, I would say, you know what? I wouldn't be opposed into looking in an OBJ. At the same time, uh, he's not a necessity. We have other problems. We have other issues that we're going to talk about. We have, we have a lot of uh, problems. We lost yeah. to the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> yes. So we have other issues in, in the trenches and among other positions that I think needs to be upgraded before the wide receiver position. But I would have still maybe had maybe made a phone call or took a look, nevertheless. I just remember when we played him a few years ago when he was with the Giants and he came in, he was all talk. And we still had Gilmore at the time and Gilmore held him to like two catches for 38 yards and we still lost the game. Mm-hmm. And I was like, how do you lose when you hold the star receiver to that? But I really don't think he'd be a good fit in mm-hmm. Buffalo just just with the way he plays. But right. Not all, mad at it. You know, best wishes to him. All this is success. But there was a reunion in Carolina with Cameron Newton, who decided to go get the COVID vaccine, which I think is the reason that he's back in the NFL at this point. Yep. And he joins the Panthers. And I don't know if you saw the memes that have been going around. I'm, I'm assuming you have seen some of them. But the, the most notable one is that the Carolina Panthers are paying for Cam Newton's replacement, Cam Newton's replacement's replacement, and Cam Newton to be the replacement to his replacement because they're paying Bridgewater, <laughs> they're paying him, and they're paying the other one as well. And I, I just think it's it's uh very interesting what's going on in Carolina. 
on one hand, I really, I really like Matt Rule. I really like uh, what he has been able to come in and do in terms of making the Carolinas a more a respectable team. They bring in a guy like Joe Brady, who is a, uh, who is looked at as one of the uh, college gurus before. Uh, before leaving LSU, so I really like that 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 nucleus and combination. But it it seems as if they're struggling to find that quarterback. In my opinion, Teddy Bridgewater uh, is a better overall quarterback than a Sam Donald, and they and they downgraded. Uh, now they have a guy in Cameron Newton. Uh, in my opinion, I think it's a good move for the organization, and I also think it's a desperation move. Uh, they're trying to save their season. They're trying to give their fans hope. Um, they're trying to give their fans some clarity in what direction they're trying to go to. And they're saying that they're all in in the acquisition of Cam Newton in terms of saving their season. Uh, I like the move for Cam Newton, but I'm not sure if it's going to uh, upgrade the Carolina Panthers organization this season in terms of in terms of manufacturing wins. You know, you were talking a little bit about Matt Rule there. And I, I've heard a lot of good things. It's kind of like the Miami situation. I've heard good things about Flores. But this season, Flores has fallen apart. And Matt Rule has not had success in the NFL thus far. I know he's only been a coach for a few years, but 5-11 and 11 last year. They started 3-0 and 0 this year. Now they fall to 4-5. and five, Signed Cam Newton. I think you're right that it's, that it's a desperation move. But I think it's one that's necessary, especially with Darnold being out. Bridgewater probably probably better than Darnold, but you know they they do what they had to do. Mm-hmm. I think it's just weird to sign Cam Newton because if Darnold comes back this season and you want him to be your starter, uh, apparently the reason that Cam was cut by New England was the fact that people didn't believe that he could be the backup quarterback. He was the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. He's always been that star-studded guy who who needs the spotlight is what what was said by reports. Mm-hmm. So. If Darnold comes back, what are you going to do? Because you just paid him. He's up to $10 million, 4.5 guaranteed. I think you're right that this is like, hey, let's get some fans in the building because mm-hmm. I, I think Carolina's done for this year. And, and I'm sorry to say, I, I don't think Sam Donald's the guy. <laughs> you know, I think they're, they're, I think they're, they're going to be looking for another quarterback in the immediate future for the Carolina Panthers. Uh once again, I really like Cam Newton. I think it's good that he's back in the NFL. We know that, you know, guys uh, around the league love his presence. We know that DJ Moore is a big fan of uh, of Cameron Newton. So we'll see what happens with the Carolina Panthers. So we wish him all the best. I don't think it equates to any immediate success, but we'll see. And and that's the other thing is this is this is the Carolina Panthers, the team that he was drafted by and the team that he's, you know, had success with, won his MVP. Mm-hmm. But this is a different team. Joe Brady, he, he he didn't work with him. He didn't work with Matt Rule. So, you know, I I don't know what's going to happen, but if we were to make an assumption, I don't think it's going to be, you know, ra- rainbows and roses for Carolina. Like, they're, they're struggling, and they're in a tough division. What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. They got to deal with Brady. We had that for a very long time here, and it's a, it's a hard yep. thing. And then the Saints go on to beat the Bucs. Like, if, if this season has taught us anything, it's that – Dude, it's weird out there. Miami just beat Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Do you have any thoughts on that? That was crazy game. It's it's any given Sunday. You know, if if that phrase, if that quote don't stand out as much as it does, it's this is the year that it stands out. Any given Sunday. You would think that 
these obvious favorites were indeed obvious favorites like year past, but it seems as if the teams that's being overlooked, the teams that you're saying, ah, that's a win on the win column when you're looking at the schedule before the season is that it's not so much when the games play. So any given Sunday. Is that about overzealousness? Is that about looking looking at the next opponent? Because it's happening to multiple teams. The Buffalo Bills had it happen. Now the Baltimore Ravens. The Kansas City Chiefs have been having it happen all year. So is it the fact that people are just overlooking these bad teams and they're not all that bad? Because it is the NFL. Every team every team is, is good, but mm. they're not I... all that good. You know, I, I again, I think it's a combination of again, being every given Sunday. And also, uh, some of these teams are not as, as gr- maybe not as great as we think they are. You know, the Baltimore Ravens, record-wise, is like, you know what? They're tops of their division. And Lamar Jackson's playing great. But when you look into their games, they had to come back late in the game. Uh, they had to come back late in the game against the Kansas City Chiefs. They had to come back late in the game and they had a flag and a penalty against the Detroit Lions, you know? So they had some games where uh, they probably could have and should have lost and they eked it out. So uh, the Baltimore Ravens are are proving that if, if you can play disciplined football against them, they can be had. And I think that's proven uh, league-wide throughout the NFL. And the Buffalo Bills, obviously, with the Jaguars last week, the, the worst offensive line play I think I've ever seen in the history of life. I I don't know. I did not expect that to happen, having two offensive linemen out. We talked a little bit before the show that you think there could have been some reconciling to be done with like two tight end sets or multiple mm-hmm. running backs. Mm-hmm. Do you think that was the only issue against Jacksonville, or is there more to be done here in Buffalo? That was just a, a, a horrible overall performance especially on the offensive side of the ball the the offensive line was porous uh they couldn't open up holes create holes they couldn't pass protect it it seemed as if it seemed as if josh allen was was running for his life even on the successful plays uh a lot of this a, a lot of our uh failures and concerns come from the offensive side of the ball now again uh, when you have an offensive line that's struggling, now it, it's up to the coaching staff to to make adjustments, right? And I didn't see that much adjustments from Brian Dable. Uh, I felt that he could have put some extra tight ends, have two tight end sets in there. I felt he could have multiple running backs in there to help uh, Josh Allen in terms of pass protection. And I didn't see those type of, uh, uh, of adjustments. So when you combine the poor O-line play with the lack of adjustments, that equals the uh, the, the the performance we've seen from the Buffalo Bills offense. And, and hopefully this Sunday uh, we can watch a more improved Buffalo Bills offense. But I do have my concerns. <laughs> I definitely have my concerns. Everybody should, man. The Bills mm-hmm. were number one in scoring, and then they go out and score six points against Jacksonville, who was the second worst team in the league. Like, mm-hmm. I just – I don't know how that happened. I, I think it was a multitude of things. The fact that mm-hmm. Jacksonville hadn't won in the United States in over 400 days, stuff like that, played its role. Uh, kudos to the Josh yeah. Allen on the other sideline because yeah. he had a hell of a game. I'm really glad he didn't score on that 
uh, pick six because people would still be talking about it if that right. was the case. But, you know, we, we got to move on. It's the Jets this week. I think a lot of people are probably going to pick Buffalo again, but they, they have something to prove this week. They really do. And I don't know. I don't know if it's going to happen or not, but Zach Moss has cleared his concussion protocol. So a lot of people were talking about bringing up Antonio Williams or uh, Brita seeing an extended role. Do you think this is better now that we got Moss back? Uh, if Moss con- if Moss cleared the concussion protocol, then yes, I I, I like that. Uh, in my opinion, I like Zach Moss in terms of uh, pass protection. We talked about Josh Allen struggles. Uh, we need Zach Moss out there just to help Josh Allen um, get all, uh, uh, deliver the football to wide receivers. So in that aspect, yes, uh, I like that Zach Moss has cleared concussion protocol. But at the same time, I still would activate Breeder for this game. Um, with some t- you, you, you need a different look. You need to add a different dimension. When you score six points against the Jacksonville Jaguars, you probably should try to mix something up. So add a dimension, uh, activate uh, Matt Breida for this game, see what he can do. Let's get some jet sweeps for Isaiah McKenzie. Let's just mix in some things that uh, the opposition hasn't been accustomed seeing from the Buffalo Bills this past season. Do you think maybe it's the fact that Buffalo or, or Dable, in a sense, has gotten lazy in a way because they're always looking for the deep play. They're always looking for the explosive play. Allen holds the ball a little too long. I keep hearing complaints about the fact that Allen runs backwards 10 yards and throws the ball out of bounds barely. It happened against Kansas City. It happened against a few teams where he's still making that same mistake. But I think that could be a possibility that he's just not – He's not as creative as he was. Remember those plays against Dallas on Thanksgiving? Like, it's about the creativity. It's about changing the game. But I think he's always looking for digs deep over the top or Sanders deep. And and they need to do something else. We need, like, an intermediate passing game against the Jets. We really need to prove that we're still a top team. And... You know what? In terms of creativity or the lack thereof or Brian Dable possibly being lazy, uh, it, it can it can hold some truth. If we look at Brian Dable coaching career, he's been an offensive coordinator for eight seasons in the NFL. Brian Dable rushing offense has been uh, top 10 four years out of eight years in the NFL, two two years after that, they, he's finished 11. So he has four top 10 finishes and two and two uh, years where he finished 11 in his rushing offense. Prior to coming to Buffalo, Brian Dable's passing rankings as an offensive coordinator, 32nd his first year, 32nd, 29th, 23rd, 32nd, 31st, and 26th. That's Brian Dable's passing offensive ranks prior to coming to the Buffalo Bills. What what team was that with? What team was he with at that point? Uh, the first year he was with the Cleveland Browns. Uh, after that was the Miami Dolphins for two years. Uh, then it was the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay. Yep. You, you got you got to think of those quarterback situations. The Cleveland Browns, obviously. Of course. You know, of course. Great. Miami of course. has had its problems. Of course. And I, I agree 100%, but – we spoke about laziness and creativity. You did say uh, that it 
possibly could be that Brian Dable may be a little lazy in his creativity. When you have Brian, uh, a Stefan Diggs and Emmanuel Sanders and that type of receiving core, and when you finish in top five your last two seasons with the Buffalo Bills in passing, he, it's possible that he could be relying on the talent of his receivers rather than the creativity of his play calls a little more than he did in the past. It's just, it's just about putting up or shutting up right now. Everybody's laughing. Everybody's laughing right now. Oh, are the Patriots going to take the AFC East? What's going on with Buffalo? Like, I hate that. I hate that we're I hate that we're talked about in the media so much now because people just want to rag on us. It's not about supporting the Bills right now. It's about hey, it's it's it was the Titans, you know, and then Henry went down. So I don't even know who the favorite is anymore. Baltimore just lost to Miami. Kansas City looks awful, and now we go to lose to Jacksonville. Now I want to Dan. I want to ask you a question. Yeah. Now, you could agree, you could disagree. We're about to find out now. <laughs> I know that the Buffalo Bills, we know that the Buffalo Bills obviously struggled uh, tremendously against the Jacksonville Jaguars. At the same time, we kind of knew the Buffalo Bills offensive line had the capabilities to, to struggle to begin with, we've seen these types of games from the Buffalo Bills offensive line where they really get bullied and struggle in the trenches. We've seen it earlier this season uh, against the Pittsburgh Steelers. We've seen it uh, last season a few times, uh, most notably in the AFC Championship game. So as I'm looking at the offensive line, I'm upset with the with the productivity or with the, the the showing from the offensive line but at the same time i'm looking more at brandon bean in the organization because the offensive line is exactly who i thought they was to begin with so how upset can i be if i know this offensive line wasn't a good one to begin with i want to get your thoughts I don't think you can. I don't think you can say that it that it wasn't a good one because if if you go on the grades of last year, pass blocking mm-hmm. offensive lines, the Bills are are high up there when it comes okay. to pass blocking. Run okay. blocking, middle of the pack. I think the problem is, and and it's a problem for all all thirty two teams. It's injuries, and that's what happens again in that AFC Championship game last year against Kansas City. There was injuries on the offensive line. I believe at least one of the tackles was out. And a, another player was out too. I don't know if it was one of the guards or if it was uh, Daryl mm. Williams, the right tackle. But that's really the issue right now. There was two. There was two offensive linemen out against Jacksonville. Does that mean you can play that terribly? No, I don't think so. And I think if anything, everybody was tweeting about Cody Ford being horrendous. Mm. I think that that's a bullet that Bean has to bite. That was a, you know, he, he was supposed to be Is good. He done? I, Is he I, done? I don't think he's done, but I think he's he's bad. He's bad. I don't think he's gonna. I don't think he's gonna stay maybe longer than what his contract's up for. Mm. I think there could have been something to be done. They could have made a a trade, but I didn't see any offensive linemen available at the trade deadline. Mm. Uh, When it came to the draft, could they have drafted somebody? Yes, but I I don't know that I was worried about the offensive line coming into the year as much as I was just hyped. To, to get to the season because we, we performed so well last year mm-hmm. that you wanted it to continue. Right. And, and I think, I think you're right that you can't, you can be angry, but I don't know what they could have done, especially at the deadline. I, I didn't see any, right, right. usually, usually there's, there's somebody that you know, that's out there. I was surprised to see Vaughn get traded 
and and the Rams are going all in. I think it's very likely that we see them in the NFC Championship game against the Buccaneers. And whatever happens in the AFC is a freaking coin flip, man. I, I mentioned all those teams. Just any given yeah. Sunday is the motto of this year. I swear, yep. it's just it's weird out there. Every given, any given Sunday, any given Sunday. So, do you think that the Bills get back on track this week? I mean, it is the Jets. I don't want to overlook them. It's Mike White. It's not Zach Wilson. We have not played Mike White yet. Um, Spencer Brown's coming back. I Mm -hmm. I believe Dawson Knox is going to play. I think Zach Moss is going to be okay. That should give us enough to win, right? Yes, it should. It should. But until, until we actually see it, it's going to be a lot of uncomfortable situations in this in this game tomorrow. We're playing on the road at MetLife. Um, Tremaine Edmonds and and his hamstring injury he he's not playing. Uh, we that see hurts. yes, we see some success with Mike White. When I look at some Jets film, uh, they like to throw short. They like to throw short in the intermediate routes. They like to check down to their running backs. So Tremaine Edmonds' injury can be a little bigger than than we actually hope it would be against a team like the New York Jets. And then when you flip it, when you flip it on the other side of the spectrum, the New York Jets have a very, very good defensive line. And the Buffalo Bills offensive line, we saw the struggles last week. So there are some things to be concerned with if you're a Buffalo Bills fan, matchup wise. But at the end of the day, the Buffalo Bills are the superior football team. They have the more talented players. They have the franchise quarterback. Uh, they should be coming in angry and an adjustment should be made. The Buffalo Bills should, should win this game tomorrow. And getting Spencer Brown back at right tackle is huge. I think that he was performing better than I than I thought because when he was out, it was bad. And Dawson Knox coming back, you could play him on the opposite side because even our good offensive linemen, left tackle over there, had a bad time against Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. The, the Schnoman, you know, Deion Dawkins, he's talked about all the time as mm-hmm. one of the cornerstones here. He had a rough mm-hmm. go. And you're mentioning that the Jets defensive line is, is a good one, and it is. But this is the time where they need to show up. And the offensive line, you mentioned, wishy-washy this year. Yep. They play good, they play bad. They play okay, they play bad. Hopefully we're on a good week now because they just played horrendously terrible against Jacksonville. I hope I so. Know. I hope. I hope. I I'm hope just confused. So. I'm very confused. I, I and and hopefully you know we can find and see some type of identity within our offense. What are we trying to do? I didn't. I didn't understand what the offense was trying to do. You're in the ball game the whole time. It's three, three, uh, six, three, nine, six, and we run the ball about eleven times. You know, so I is is Brian Dable. What are you trying to do with this offense? Are you trying to give it more balance? Are you trying to put the ball in Josh Allen's hands and make him throw fifty times? What's the identity of the team? And I think that we have to get to a, a more consistent identity as an offense. And I think the Buffalo Bills sometimes get too cute in terms of being game specific every week against each and every team coming out with a different game plan instead of doing what you do as a team best and let just let that other team stop what you do best. I mean, th- this could be, this could be a hot take, but they need to run the ball more. Like 
if you if you look at the teams that have performed well and even won the Super Bowls in the past, the Buccaneers with Ronald Jones, the Kansas City Chiefs with Williams and their slew of backs, they run the football. Just because they have a, a good quarterback, a franchise guy, maybe the best of all time in, in the sense of the Buccaneers, they still run the football. Sometimes mm-hmm. 15, 17 times a game. Mm-hmm. You, you need to do that. And I th- I think that's a problem. As much as I want to see Josh Allen throw it 50 times, I don't. I want to see them get to a level where you have to be worried about the backs. Because once you're worried about the running game, it opens the play-action game. And I think that makes us even more dangerous. But the fact that it hasn't gotten going for three, four years now, we've been bad at running the football. It, minus Josh Allen being our leading rusher, what? Like, what do you expect to do? I think what you mentioned, Akeem, is is perfect because maybe they are getting too cute. Hey, we got Dallas this week. We got New England this week. Let's mm-hmm. play this way. Mm-hmm. No, no, play play to your strengths. Play the best way you can. And hopefully any given Sunday uh, belongs to the Bills this week. Yeah. Uh, hopefully any exactly right Dan. hopefully any given sunday belongs to the bills and i and i think they will i think they'll come out victorious but i will be a little bit more nervous going into this week game than last week last week i i felt i i didn't have any thought in my mind that we would lose to the jacksonville jaguars last week until we actually lost even watching the game in the fourth quarter losing by three i still thought we was going to win the win the game i just thought mm-hmm. i was just a, a part of a bad movie experience and we're just going to come out on top and we're just going to be talking about uh, Buffalo Bills playing down to their competition. We can't do that, but it, it didn't work out that way. End up losing to the Jags. And now it's nervous time going against the New York Jets, believe it or not, tomorrow's game. Yeah. I, I know you're a big part of Bill's Twitter myself as well. And just every commercial break, I was checking what was going on and, uh, it, it was a hard, it was a hard time. The, the bills that we know do not lose those games. So the fact that they lost makes me question a lot of things, but guys, this is all the time we have for you today. I am of course, Dan Kelly at the real Dan Kelly on Twitter. You can catch me on the pregame show each Sunday. Akeem, I'm going to let you hit your socials. You know how it goes, buddy. Hey, Rich, Akeem Richens. If you don't know me by now, please get to know me. You can find me on each social media platform under KingRich underscore 987 BIB. Uh, I will be on Billsology uh, on Saturday. So this was Sunday. I hope after this show, you catch the show I have from last night. Billsology, 930 each and every Saturday. Uh, the Buffalo Blueprint each and every Tuesday, 9 p.m. Dan Kelly, this is one in the books one of many to come and always guys go bills go bills